do whatever the Hyundai you want. Hey, I'm Ricky Stenhouse Jr. G'day, yeah, I'm Rocky Sambros. Hey, this is Kenny Rose, and you're listening to the Fuel Pod. This podcast covers all things motorsports. It's unfiltered, it's unbashed, and... Ooh, f***. We're going crazy. Oh, forgot to take the background off again, Jay. Oh, you did. That's two weeks in a row, man. We're not oh, even actually oh. here. Now we are back. Yes, we are. We're <laughs> so here, we're man. here with episode 43. You spin me right around, and there is a reason for the name of that. And I think you'll see it as we talk about the Saudi Grand Prix, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix tonight, and the WRC Mexico, and the Thousand Miles in Sebring. There was a lot of topsy-turvy, spinny, you know, a lot of stuff going on, so we got a lot to talk about. So let's get on it. All right, Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, man. We're gonna start for qualifying right off the bat. It was a good uh, yeah, race, by I the do. way. I mean, I, you know, just real quickly, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, and you know, I took the time to really watch the uh, the qualifying, and you know, most of the time I at least get one session, and a lot of times I'm at work, you know, so because it, it's on usually on um, Friday, and I'm just not available for it. Uh, but, uh, so I did watch it, uh, Q1 was probably the most interesting session, which is weird. I thought it was, and I don't know what your thoughts are, but I thought it was weird that Alpha Tower was completely out after Q1. Well, I mean, we kind of expected them to be at the, the bottom. Um, yeah, but, but I mean, I kind of, I don't know. I, I've cars, not, I know I haven't been real impressed with, uh, DeVries. I can tell you that. No, uh, and I'm, I'm going to actually talk about that a little bit. But Yuki had another good race, but I, you know, but I don't know, man. I, I, it didn't strike me as crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I would have, you know, you would think one of them can get in the top. What? What is it? Fourteen, fifteen? Yeah, you'd think. It's, yeah, I mean, you think I mean, one dude, of them. It's fifteen cars. Yeah. Put somebody there. Somebody. Right? You should, Yuki should be able to get there. Logan Sargent would have been top two without the the BS track, dude. That was the worst. They literally, it was like the memo went out right before qualifying. Hey, if you touch the pink paint, you're out. Your your lap is invalidated. Now, and we didn't get a chance to do a little pre-race show, and this is not a sniper question, Jay. Yeah. Did you happen to see if there was any explanation given other than we don't want you to touch the pink paint? paint? Dude, the memo that the drivers were getting, well, that the teams were given prior to qualifying said any, any driver that enters the pink paint on the exit of turn 27 will have their lap time invalidated. I just wonder what the reasoning is. I, brother, listen, I know this is going to be, and I'm just shooting from the hip here, but I really think they didn't want that paint messed up. I yeah, honest just, to God think that they didn't want that paint messed up before the race so that they wouldn't have to get people out there to redo it. Cause that's on the front stretch. Yeah. I mean, I get all that, but it just yeah. seems really weird. That's just a, a weird, I mean, because he, there's no, you're not gaining anything there. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not gaining any, you're not shaving off track, but I mean, just, there wasn't any, I don't, I didn't understand it like at all. Well, neither did the, the uh, broadcast broadcasters. Team, cause, yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they reported it as turn 27 and Julian Palmer was like, uh, you cannot exceed track limits on turn 27. What are they talking about? And then finally, I think it was Jake's that said, Hey, so apparently there was a memo that went to the team and told him blah, 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 what we just talked about. So anyway, it was crap, and I think it ruined his whole weekend. I really do. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I don't disagree. But boy, I tell you what, and I know we're going to talk about it later. That kid acts like he belongs now. Dude, he ran a, that lap that got invalidated. He ran a one twenty eight seven, and that's I think that was point five below Checo's record pole lap last year. That's so, crazy. And and he's a rookie in a Williams. In a Williams. And that's yeah. the operative word. He's in a Williams. So anyway, Lando Norris out in Q one, kind of. You know, if we hadn't seen Bahrain and we hadn't seen the car launch, this would have blown my mind. It didn't blow my mind except for the fact that Piastri cleared Q1 and 2. Yeah. So this kind of goes back to what I was talking about when we were about predictions. And my theory on, on McLaren was that they were going to have a nuclear meltdown. And I'm telling you right now, if Piastri keeps outperforming Lando Norris... We're going to have – it's going to be full tilt, guiding light days of our lives on that team. Yeah, that's going to be fun. So I don't know what your thoughts are, but that's how I feel. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man, and because and, I thought that was a little crazy. <laughs> to pedestrian, right. I mean, he only raced 15 laps or whatever it was at Bahrain, so it wasn't like we got a good feel for him. <laughs> um, well, you know, well, I mean, I'm being serious here. He basically um, did a uh, Formula 2 uh, – feature race at that <laughs> yeah i mean it's not like he did anything so his first yeah. attempt out there i mean like you said he out qualified norris uh yeah i, I bet mclaren is such a crazy yeah, yeah. anyway one on there yeah. but you know piastri might be their their future you know yeah absolutely uh moving into q2 verstappen reported an engine failure it ended up being um yeah. drive shaft yeah thank goodness um, yeah, and and again, Piastri made Q three, and I, that had to chap Lando's rear end, man. Oh, without a doubt, man. You know it did. Because so, now he's Danny Ricardo. Yeah, and his surrogate <laughs> father, Zach Brown's probably like, "What the h, bro? What's going on here, man?" Yeah, Lando, what are you doing? I've got to, I've got to draw up adoption papers now for Piastri. <laughs> so, Q three was boring. That's all I put. It was as expected. Yeah, uh, of course, Leclerc qualified P2, but he had the the grid penalty, so that threw him back and gave Alonso P2, which, you know, good thing it did. And, so, I mean, listen, that's the best thing Ferrari did all weekend was qualify P2. Yeah. Um, I disagree with you, but, yeah, I mean, as far as qualifying, yeah, that's probably the best thing they did. You know, Sainz was slow. Uh, I felt like he was on his own, pardon the pun, Lonely Island. Um all weekend, uh, I, you know, even though he finished ahead of Leclerc in the race, but we'll get there when we're talking about Ferrari because I want to argue with you a little bit. So let's move yeah. on to the race and the rule of three. And I, I really think the rule of three is going to be our our theme this year. Okay. Uh, talking about you've got to have you got to have drivers. Yep. You you got to have a car. Yep. And you got to have a team. You got to have all three things. It's one of the few jobs I think you can have in this world. Where you have to have all three of them to be successful. You can't have two of three. You definitely can't have one of three. No, you can't um, have one of three. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, even two of three, you're going to need a lot as, of luck. As long as the two of the three is the car and the driver, you can every once in a while you can overcome. Because your, your team's not always going to be terrible. You know, the sun shines on a dog's rear every once in a while. And you're going to have Absolutely. every once in a while it's going to work out okay for you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you definitely can't have one out of three. That's for sure. So we'll just go through the grid real quick, and we'll start yep. with Red Bull. And for all you old farts out there that remember watching Sports Center with uh, Kenny Main back in the day and how dry his wit was, 
I'll say that I'll, I'll do my best Kenny Mayne when I say Red Bull has 87 points. That's 87 points for the season, not for one race. That would be a record. Yeah. <laughs> so. well, what's funny is you put that on there, and I was like, what is 87? And then I realized, I was like, well, it can't just be one race. So Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but do you remember the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa? Uh, home run, run battle? Well, yeah. Of course I do. So Kenny Mayne was doing ESPN that night, and he was like, uh, Sammy Sosa uh, hit home runs 55 and 56. That's 56 for a season, not for a game. That would be a record. <laughs> and the New York football Jets acquired Vinny Testaverde for the purpose of playing tackle football. <laughs> So anyway. oh, I did like I did like Kenny Mayne's deadpan delivery. That's for sure. Oh, dude, it was him and Dan Patrick together were were priceless. I'm gonna tell you right now, uh, I did not let's, think let's that we were gonna get a Kenny Mayne and, and Dan about. Patrick today. I love those guys, man. They were that was that was the gold. I was always an Oberman fan. I like uh, Keith Oberman and Dan Patrick. Yeah. See, I didn't. I didn't like Bob Lay either. I was like, dude, that's why they gave yeah, him the inside the outside the line segment. Yeah. Yeah, he was boring. <laughs> so. Back to Formula One, all right? So, Red Bull. Okay. Um, so, start of the race, uh, Alonzo gets the jump. I felt like Checo had a bad start. Uh, okay. Alonzo gets the jump, hits the inside corner, takes first place, but it wasn't too long before Checo passed him again, and then that was it. That was the end of the race. That was that was definitely the end of the race. And, and yeah. I mean, it seems like it. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, you, you get that um, confirmation bias thing. We only remember the certain things, but right. it seems like Sergio Perez is not good on restarts or is not good on starts. Restarts are a different animal because it's, it's usually single file, but yeah. the start of the race, it seems like he always gets beat. If he's in second yeah. place, somebody gets to the inside. I mean, if he's in third place, he never, I mean, like it just seems like he always gets beat on, yeah, on does. starting. Yeah. I identify uh, a lot with him, but you, you've got some, uh, yeah, so check a video for us. We so. do. So we'll have uh, we got some video, some audio for the for the top three, uh, the podium finishers, and then one extra. And just real quickly, uh, if you're listening to us on ESPN Paris 105.3 or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you choose to listen, thank you for listening to us. And this is a good reason to watch us on YouTube because you yeah, get to see the video, cool. you get to see our smiling faces and our tired faces, and and Sergio Perez here in just a minute with sweat dripping down his face. You get to see all the cool videos we have. Um, anyway, without further ado, this is Perez right after the race. I'm uh, really proud of, of the performance from the team. They, they, the guys have worked their ass off and, and what they've done this weekend, you know, it's impressive to see from the outside. So I'm, I'm really happy for them, first of all. I think really this victory goes to them, you know. Um, and just to Milton Keynes, you know, they, they brought such a fantastic car and the team. I love being part of Red Bull Racing, you know, because the way we push the way we deliver. Everyone is working at the maximum. I mean, we are such at at high level. So uh, that's him right after. Just wow, it's it's amazing. It reminds me of Sammy Sosa again because it was like, Sammy, what do you think about the the race this year? And he's like, uh, baseball has been very pretty good to me. And you know, you you look at Checo talking about, you know, I really love driving for Red Bull Racing. I absolutely believe that. Oh, I do too. I absolutely believe that because that kid, and I say kid, even though he's probably, you know, close to 30 at least, but he has been through it. I mean, and there's a few drivers on the grid that have it, but Checo has, you know, he came up through uh, Force India and, and Racing Point and, 
you know, but here's, here's the other side part of it. I don't feel sorry for him because he's one of the biggest money bringers in the, on the planet. Yeah. Any I mean, he gets an entire country. Yeah. yeah. He brings an entire country with him. Yes. That's pretty awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's he does. Pretty awesome. <laughs> so Max, so we know Max had the drive shaft. I know I was all excited because I thought it was engine failure. And then Chad decided to pee in my cornflakes. And he's like, it was just a drive shaft because I love Red Bull. Red Bull is the best. <laughs> I'd like anyway, the team. Yeah. So it was a drive shaft. They fixed it, obviously. But, but in order to fix a drive shaft, you have to remove the power unit, which they did legally, legally. So it was fine. But they got a grid penalty. And he started out 15th on the grid. And, you know, I don't care if they said he started out 45th. I don't care if they said he has to start out with his car in the trailer. Nobody could have started on pit road. Yeah, nobody's touching that. He could start at the hotel. Um, nobody's touching that car. And we'll talk about that later. But he just charged through the field. I mean, him and Leclerc both were charging through the field at one point. But Leclerc decided, hey, I'm going to take a vacation for a little while. Yeah, Leclerc uh, like hit a wall. Like, yeah. it's like he got to a certain point and then he was just done. Like he couldn't, there was, there was no more forward movement. Yeah. And we'll obviously get to Ferrari anyway, yeah. but, but Max just charged through the field. I mean, second, at the very least second P2 was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only uh, question was, was he going to catch Checo? And we can, that's another whole story by itself well, too. But and he talks about have, it here for a second. Yeah. yeah. We got some Max audio and he talks about trying to catch Checo. Yeah, I mean, I was catching, and uh, at one point, I, I just started to feel really weird vibrations again on the right rear, and uh, yeah, on throttle in some corners, I, I started to get a weird balance. So at one point, you know, I did the maths, and I was not going to catch anyway if I if I kept on pushing with the the amount I was catching. So I I said to myself, uh, second is uh, is okay today, and uh, we settled for that. So it sounds like he knew. Okay, here's where I'm at. I'm not going to catch him. Yeah. And then your next thing comes up. So I'll let you lead into that. Uh, uh, you, I think you and I are different here. We're not a whole I, lot different I don't here. think we are. I, I, I think once you hear me explain it, you're going to be like, yeah, that's the same thing. I okay. think we're, we're at least close on a solution. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Max realized the five-second deficit to Checo was, was a non-starter. He also knew he didn't want to blow the drive shaft and not finish the race. Here's the other piece you've got to realize. We both watched this race on F1 TV. 100%. And I'm betting money that you watched it from the basic presentation mode. I did. I never I never switch off of it. Okay, so if you go back and you watch to. it, you watch that last 10 laps from, from Checo's perspective and you watch the last 10 laps from Max's perspective, I think you'll get a different take on it. Okay. Uh, because F1 TV, those guys, Will Buxton, Palmer, all them guys, they're selling you the race they want you to see. Uh, so Max calls and goes, hey, who's got fastest lap? Now, they did play this. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And and the engineer calls back and says, hey, we're not concerned about that right now. And he's like, well, I am. And I think the deal was, you know, I think, yeah, it came off as Max. But I think he was saying, I can't. Yeah, you'll have to do the beep later. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I think we can actually say that. I think that word's. I don't think it's in the seven. Words. I think ESPN is probably going to take us off for that one. Yeah. So, although I've heard that on ESPN multiple times. Anyway, most of those people were named Dick. But anyway, um, <laughs> now it's twice. <laughs> now it's twice. So I think Max's thing was like, "Hey, 
I can't win the race, but I could get fastest lap. Right? So he needed a win. That being said, that's the, this is what I think Max was thinking. But what I actually think Max was thinking was I'm not, just like he said, I'm not in this for second place. And I'm not going to give Checo an ounce of room. He needs to know that I'm the alpha on this team. As uh, if two world champions don't don't say that enough. And as if one race out of 23 is going to be a huge deal. But Max does not care. And I think this is where Lewis had him pegged. He was like, Max is a very aggressive driver. This is what he wants, and he goes for it no matter what. So I think Lewis has him pegged. And I think Checo's got him pegged, too. The problem we've got is that Helmut Mark, Helmut Marco and Joss Verstappen, who I think they need to give a ban on the paddock. Dad doesn't need to be on the paddock until the end of the race. Yeah. Um, he was absolutely just ridiculously teed off that Checo even won the race. But I think, but I think if you ask Max, he was he would have been like, no, there was no way I was going to pass Checo. Yeah, I don't think that he's going to pass Checo. And, you know, there is some – I saw the same video you did. And yeah. they they showed a different take on it. And it shows Josh Verstappen congratulating Checo, shaking hands with him, slapping yeah. high five with him. So I think maybe he has resting B face more than anything. And I think he probably gets a bad – you know, because he looked mad. He looked mad. Dude, it, and I know you did this as a kid probably too, but is there anything worse like – Playing Little League, I was a pitcher in Little League. Okay. And I just remember one team where dad was the coach and his son was the star pitcher, even though he was terrible and he was never good for more than half an inning. He would just let him stand out there and pitch us to a loss. And, you know, it goes back to dads living vicariously through their children. It's okay to give your your child tutelage. and It's okay to coach him in the right direction if he wants to go that way. Yeah. Uh, but cut it off at that. And, you know, Joss, his career was there. It was, you know, nine, ten years. He wasn't great. His son is. Just let it go, bro. Yeah, just let just let whatever happens happen. Right. There's no point to be mad about anything. Yeah, absolutely. I, feel, I do feel bad for Christian. I, I wonder how much of an earful he gets from that guy weekly. From Joss? Oh, yeah, I bet it's ridiculous. And I yeah. bet, you know... Helmet's like the evil overlord of that team. And, you know, I just wonder what that dynamic looks like. I'm sure Josh gets straight to Helmet because he probably doesn't want to deal with the, the the slick tongue of Christian Horner. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I got you. Who knows? We're not there, man. It's really hard to make a judgment on something when we're yeah, not there. That's true. Um, the end of the race with Red Bull, though, and I put this on here, but you're not going to convince me. You're not unless you try really, really hard. That Toto or Christian Horner didn't request the review of Alonso's penalty and how he served it. And I don't want to put a lot of time into this, but I don't think it was Toto, even though Toto had the most to gain if it because it would have put Russell on the podium. Yeah, I, I mean, spin doctor standpoint, I don't think he would have done it because Aston Martin used a Mercedes power unit. Yeah, I bet. I mean, what is what does Christian Horner have to gain from this? He knows he's the, they're the fastest two cars on the field. I agree at every single right now. Yeah. I I mean, I guess, but I just don't. Okay. So I guess probably 
free agent you can get. I just I don't, I don't feel like I just don't feel like Christian's the one that's going to do that. I feel like Toto would have. I mean, usually the simplest answer is the, the the right one, you know. So let me ask you a question, and if you agree with this, I'll continue. And if you don't, we'll move on. Okay. If Red Bull season bottoms out, it will be Red Bull's fault. Of course, yes. It's okay, not, nobody, so yeah. That being said, if you're Christian Horner, and Christian Horner has proved time and time again, he thinks three or four steps ahead. Uh, that's one thing I do like about him. And one thing that him and Toto share, I think. And that's probably why they, they come to, you know, come to blows sometimes. But um, if you're looking down the grid and you know you might have a I think Red Bull's car is fragile. I really do. I think it's great as long as it's working. But I think once they have a, a reliability thing, it's going to sting them for a few races. I also think this Checo thing is is going to gain speed. Um, I don't think in the end it's going to it's going to change anything. They're going to win the championship. But uh, that being said, their biggest their biggest competition right now is Aston Martin, and I don't think that's going to change. Um, I think you're right. I don't think that's going to change. And and maybe I mean maybe he did. What do I know, man? But I just. And Order I don't does, want to belabor the point. I just want yeah, to you. put it out there that I'm sure it was one of those two that did it. I mean, we know it wasn't uh, yeah. Zach Brown because he was nowhere he near him. No. <laughs> he He's got nothing here. Nothing here. But, dude, let's talk about Mercedes. I'm, I want to hear what you think Hold about on, You want to talk about Mercedes or Aston Martin? Uh, I want to talk about – okay, my thing spun out there real quick. So let's talk about Aston Martin. Sorry. It's Okay. Uh, I just didn't know if you wanted to skip Aston Martin and come back later to it. I didn't know what you nah, wanted to do. I didn't. Um, man, I, I'm going to tell you though, when, when Aston Martin, when, when Alonzo got the jump right off the bat. Yeah. And he got, I, I thought usually in formula one, it seems like when somebody gets out in front and clean air, they can break away. Yeah. And I really thought as good as their car was, he may have a shot at getting away from them. Right. Uh, but clearly he didn't check out reeled him in pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What were you thinking? So here's what I was thinking. Uh, it depended on the start. I knew once Alonzo got the start that he would jump ahead, but I immediately, I was like, it won't, it'll be two seconds, maybe, maybe, maybe two seconds. And then once lap three kicked in and DRS set in, I knew Checo had him. Yeah. Um, and then, and I think I texted you earlier this week and I said, you know, Alonzo could run third all year and they'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, that would do third place for Aston Martin from like eighth. Which by Ridiculous. the way, ridiculous. I mean, they, this is a track you, we thought they were going to struggle at. You, you came right. out, you sit there and they didn't, you know, even, I even mean, they, with stroll, they I didn't mean, they were, struggle. They were a lot behind. So, I mean, I didn't mean struggle. I meant they would not be able to get near Red Bull. Yeah. But I, I mean, mean, they were ahead of Mercedes Ferrari. Yes. Yes. I mean, and that brings up a whole new set of struggles that we got to talk about here in a few minutes, but um, I, I thought Alonzo, this is what I loved about, and I think this has to do with him being 41 and not being 25. Okay. Uh, I think he knew I have a third place car. You tell a 25 year old, they got a, you got a third place car. What are they going to do, Chad? They're going to wreck trying to get second. They're going to wreck trying to get second. You tell a 41 year old, you got a third place car. You're, you're, you're sitting in that cockpit going, I just got to maintain third. I'll yep. do what I can, but in the end of the day, they they've got two faster cars than me. Let's just not screw up and lose third. Yeah, let's make sure we bring third home. 
Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's right. And he did yep. that, man. He did exactly what he should have done. So and he got his hundredth podium for it. I do. I, I got some video here. Now this video was taken right after this interview was right after the podium, right after the race. Okay. So in this moment, he thinks that he might have lost the the, the third place. Okay. Gotcha. So and just we'll a little con context video. here. But one of the things I want you to look at in this video, guys out there watching, is the the pure joy on this dude's face. Oh, Ten year old kid. <laughs> he looks happier than anybody else in the grid. Um, anyway, so here is. I enjoy the podium. <laughs> then obviously, after the podium, uh, apparently it could be a penalty. But I know the team is is looking, um, yeah, to understand if if that's that's the case or not. If that's the case, I think we finished fourth, so we lost three points from 15 to 12. But I think it doesn't change the feeling. The feeling of the car was very good. We were second fastest again, uh, controlling the Mercedes and in front of Ferrari. So yeah, I I feel I feel super happy. Yeah, you can just see the pure joy on that dude's face yeah. right now. He knows they've got yeah. a good car. Uh, he's feeling he's feeling pretty good. Yeah, he was like, I mean, he was. I said it this week. He was like a dog in a hubcap factory, man. Yeah, he's, um, he, he's just happy. He's like a ten-year-old kid with a new toy. He's like, man, and you know, the sad part for me is is that he is forty-one. And what if he'd have been given this car at twenty-five or twenty-seven? Well, isn't he a two-time world champion? He is a two-time world champion. But dude, here's the thing, and this is what you don't talk about ever: Sebastian Vettel. Okay, four-time world champion. Fernando Alonso won his second world title, and then came Sebastian Vettel at Red Bull Racing. Okay. And those four years that Sebastian Vettel came in first and got the world title in the constructors, guess who came in second every single one of those four years? Oh, wow. I did not know that. You did not know that. Right. It was Fernando Alonso. He has struggled, and he, is, he has scratched, clawed, and kicked his way, even at 41 years old, into a car that works. And I think he's going to make the best of it. Yeah. I think he's going to count. He's not going to count wins this year, man. He's not. And this is probably the last team he's going to drive for. Probably. But he can count podiums. And at the end of the day, man, he can add those to the to the Fernando Alonso. If you have not seen the, the Amazon Prime documentary on Fernando Alonso, you should. He's got a museum for his racing career. And it's ridiculous looking. It's really cool. That's uh, cool. He, you can add those podiums and you know, I can't add those podiums, Chad, you can't add those, you know, nope. what an incredible career. So, you know, I'm just happy that he's running up front and I really hope, you know, we have to talk about, he's not the only piece of that team. Lance Stroll is a part of that team and Lance Stroll had a, did you watch like the first two or three laps where he was just scrapping? He was moving pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he looked, he had control of the car. Arm doesn't seem to be an issue. Yeah. Um, and then it ended up being a reliability issue. Yeah. So what you told me what happened? Was it a brake went out? What went out? Well, he said brakes. And then, you know, I've read differing reviews and Aston Martin's being tight lipped about it. And I would do the same thing if I were them. But, you know, there was possibly a control arm issue um, okay. on the front wheel. But, Either way, he was out of the race. It really doesn't matter. And they, this is where I think the scoring is bad for this race is because if he just stayed in the race, you're talking about a potential 10 to 12 extra points. Yeah. That Aston Martin would have got. And this is why I think the, the scoring right now is misleading. Gotcha. So, I mean, if Red Bull has one car 
that is a DNF in the next five or six races, then Aston Martin is right back in this thing. Which is insane to think about. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. where I'm at. Pretty crazy. So, Moving on to Mercedes. Yeah, buddy, you're your Homer team. Well, I, you know, and Mercedes. I didn't really I didn't really watch them a whole lot. I, I mean, I was happy with Russell. Um, I felt like he pushed well. He, you know, he, he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch Hamilton a whole lot. I, you know, I saw, I, I wish they were better, but I was happy. I mean, like they're right there with Aston Martin. They're, they were ahead of Ferrari. Um, I, I was happy. I mean, I was yeah. happy with that. I mean, with what, what happened, I mean, they brought, I think the, you put on here that the upgrade package showed signs of improvement. I think that's clear that they, they raced really well. I think that, um, I, I mean, I, I thought it was a good weekend. I don't think they're going to set the world on fire week one with the new upgrades no. package and, and having to completely rework their car. But I felt good about it. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but I felt really good about that. And, yeah. And, and I put on here that I, I felt that they were too hard on themselves this weekend. I, they I were, like and I should have got some of their audio, but I didn't, I didn't clip yeah. that one. Um, you know, Lewis Hamilton's still upset, but, you know, I think a lot of that, and we'll get to this later, was the whole Angela Collin thing. This is his whole dynamic has changed. So uh, yeah. that's gonna that's gonna weigh on you. I don't care who you are, even if it was a bad split, that's gonna weigh on you. And, and I don't I don't think it was. I mean, what I've heard, but yeah. or, you know, just from other things. But regardless of whether it was it was mutual or whatever, your routine still changes. Yes. You know, so things are different. His race weekends are different now. Yeah, it's a paradigm shift, man. And anytime yeah. you have that, it's going to it's gonna give you a little bit of, you know, vertigo trying to get your feet on the ground. So, For sure. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, I did think Russell, you know, and you sent the, the, the interview at the end of the race, and that actually turned me around because uh, I thought he was a little whingy at the end of it. Um, I really you know, thought you misspelled whiny. No, I was using the British word whingy. I don't know you what that Game word of is. Thrones, right? So it's yeah. it's whining in British speak. But okay. if you watch Game of Thrones, there's a scene where guys tells another guy, "Hey, man, you need to stop whinging." And he's like, "I'm not whinging." And he's like, "Dude, there's water coming from your eyes, and your lips are moving." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you know, you you heard Russell on the radio talking about, "Hey, what's what gas?" He's like, "Well, you need to get outside of five seconds." And he's like. I'm driving like a madman. He's like, well, keep driving like a madman, dude. So anyway, I, I thought he did a good job. The interview was really good. Yeah. Where he talked about the fact that, you know, he was like, Aston Martin deserved this. Yeah, absolutely. He knew. Yeah. It's tough. Not to, you're right, man. It's tough not to like some of these guys. Sometimes when you get the actual interview in, you know, and yeah, uh, uh, you, you see that more and more. Cause a lot of people, even the Americans that have been drawn into, uh, uh, even the Americans that have been drawn into F1 via Drive to Survive, and that's their only inlet into the sport. You're missing out on so much when you actually watch the race, uh, yeah. Because those are the parts that Drive to Survive is not going to show, because gotcha. it's not good television. So, and yes, Chad. Jay, uh, anyway, you, he'll take over Ferrari for just a second. Um, I'll I'm, be right I'm glad back. to. That'll keep you from arguing with me so I can say um, what I want. And it, yeah, it won't take me long. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, Roger that. Uh, so anyway, let's talk about Ferrari for a little bit. Uh, so kind of a, Chad and I really disagreed on Ferrari this week. And it's weird because as a fan of Ferrari, you know, I'm typically harder on them than, than anyone in my circle. 
um, because I want them to do well. And yes, it's a pleasure that Aston Martin is doing well because it, you know my other team, you know my other team, is is up there. So it's not a huge loss for me. But I felt like Signs was slow all weekend. I felt like he was, um, you know, kind of just not there. And Chad's going to have some audio here in a minute when he comes back, but. He ended up finishing ahead of Leclerc, which was weird. I didn't think that would happen. But let's talk about Leclerc for a moment. So Leclerc was, what did he start out? P12. He started out P12. Uh, he, he started making a hard charge towards the front, and he was doing well, and he, he was kind of keeping track with Verstappen's charge to the front. And then it was like, once he got in the top 10, he was like, that's it. I'm good. I'm just going to hang back here. Um, we also had a situation where, uh, Leclerc was going into pits and he was arguing with uh, his his race engineer over telling him something or not telling him something. And uh, but I still felt the strategy was fine. And you know he started on the soft tire, and I thought that gave him a lot of traction for his charge at first. Uh, but here's the thing you got to realize: so first race of the year, Ferrari loses a car in in Charles in Charles Leclerc, uh, but they finish both cars this weekend. And I think, I, I really think, and there's no way to know this for sure, but I really think Fred Vassar was like, let's just, let's have a race where we don't have mistake, where we don't have a car go down, where we don't screw up the pit stop, and where we just finish the race with both cars. They accomplished that. And, uh, you know, Chad made a comment, how far has Ferrari fallen? This is considered a win. It's not about that. It's about one race in 23 where Ferrari finished the race. with, And I know how Fred works in a lot of ways. And, and Fred's this very no-nonsense, non-BS guy that let's get back to fundamentals. And I'm pretty sure that's why they brought the guy in in the first place. But he's one of those guys that's like, let's concentrate on the fundamentals. Let's get one race where we concentrate on the – there's no win. There's no loss. Let's finish two cars. Let's pick correctly. Let's get back out on the track correctly. Chad is back. He's going to disagree with me. Go, Chad. I don't understand how you can take a team that at this point last year was running away at the championship. This point, one race out of 23, which you've said twice now, so we're two races in. Um, you're going to take a team that was – I mean, we were in this podcast right here talking about we hope LeClaire doesn't run away and hide with the championship. And fast forward 12 months, and we're happy that both teams finished, both cars finished. Well, because what we had the whole rest of that year last year. But what did to they realize what was that the, having both Ferraris finish was a good thing? I just, I mean, that's you, you, 12 months has destroyed this team. In 12 months, they have gone from title contenders to we are so bad that we just need to finish the race in the points. That's crazy. I get that. Listen, I understand the point you're trying to make that, listen, progress is progress. After last year, progress is progress. I understand the point you're making. What I'm saying is if I were a Ferrari fan, I would be livid that and the best we can do is finish. What, what did they finish? Six and ninth? Is that right? No, dude. It was like six. And, they were together. It was six and seven. Okay. So sorry. Six and seven. Um, Chad. Yep. I'm just going to... No, it's okay for us to disagree. We don't disagree on here very often. Us Ferrari fans, 
um, the Tafosi, if you will, uh, we are absolutely upset that okay. we are not fighting for the championship. However, we're also realists because we have to be, because Ferrari has forced us into realist stance. Uh, I'm all, and then me personally, and I can't speak for the Tafosi in this moment. If I'm a guy coming into a new job, and I've seen how that job has been ran for years, and oddly enough, I've had this opportunity recently. I've seen how this job has been ran for years. I'm going to want to back things up, and things are going to get worse before they get better because they need to be because we have we've been trying to build on crap for years so we have to back up and we have to say hey let's get the fundamentals down let's learn how to dribble the ball let's learn how to shoot a basket let's learn how to play defense right and i think fred vassar is a no-nonsense kind of guy and i think he's one of those guys that said hey if you guys can't do the basics right, then there's no point in us going for a championship. It's a, We're building a glass house. And I think he wanted to finish. And I could be completely off here, but I gotcha. think he really wanted to say, let's just have a weekend where nothing goes bad. Where you, nobody's talking about us. Right. Nobody's and talking about us being idiots. And here's the thing. Nobody's talking about Ferrari this week. It's because they finished sixth and seventh. Right. Everybody's talking about Checo's Verstappen's little uh, Melrose Place spat, and they're talking about Alonzo being happy as a lark that that Aston Martin team is for real. Okay, now Fred goes, all right, we've done this weekend. Let's This next weekend, we're going to push. We're going to see what happens. We're going to try not to break the car, and we're going to try to push up there towards the front. But here's another thing. F1 is a weird sport. It is a weird sport. Teams can make leaps and bounds in the offseason. And obviously, Aston Martin has surprised the world, the F1 world, for sure. what they've been able to do. So at the risk of us going crazy long, I'm just going to say, let's just let's meter it and let's okay. watch what happens. I, I mean, I hope you're right, man. The sport is better when Ferrari's good. But play that signs audio, man. Okay, here we go. Going into a race, we expected better race pace. I think looking at the race pace on Friday, we thought we could be on the pace of the Aston Martin and the Mercedes. Post-race, obviously, it, it, it looks like we still have some work to do, especially race pace. Uh, towards the second half of the stints, we just dig off a bit too much. We cannot keep the pace of the, of the front runners. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we need to get our heads down. We know the car at the moment is not where we want it to be. and. Uh, and uh, start improving it uh, as the season goes on. I'll okay. tell you what, that God doesn't build them any more honest than Carlos Sainz. I, I really I love hearing him. Like, he doesn't get toe the company line. He just tells you, this is what happened. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, and I like that about him. But we got to move on. So, Alpine. Let's talk about okay. how disappointing Alpine is right now. Even though God, Gasly had a solid race. He did. I mean, he had a good race. He's he's strung together two in a row. They're in the points every week. I just yeah, they're like flying under the radar a little bit. I think because they we were, were top we of the were ex- midfield last year. We were expecting more. It's kind of you yeah. know what? It's kind of like another team. I was expecting more this year. I expected them to make the Aston Martin leap. And I just I mean, I just they're they just kind of meh. 
they're just meh. I mean, nobody, nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody's talking about them. Gasly quietly putting together his best year early. Um, but it's just not, it's nothing to write home about yet. They're going to have to have some kind of breakthrough performance. Yeah. You know, where that, where, the, where they finished four, five, six, seven, you know, both of them are up there running well. But they're not going to yeah, be P4 and constructors this year. They're going to be fighting for, for, uh, five, six, seven. Yeah, you know, and you talk about that, and of course we expect more from from Alpha Tauri, but Alpha Romeo is one of those teams where I think they're in the luckiest spot in the grid because nobody cares, and whatever they do is going to be good. It's going to be an improvement. So yeah, I think they came in with lower expectations, but I think they're doing well, man. For Alpha Romeo, you're talking about a team that was eight to ten ish, and they're doing pretty well. They're scoring points. So you, this is where um, I get sucked into F1 race being a fan and not yeah. a podcast person, not a yeah. show host, because I forget to watch them. I watch my guys. I watch F1. I mean, yeah. I watch I watch Max come through the field. I watch Alonzo. I watch Mercedes. I forget to watch Alfa Romeo. So did they score points this week? I don't think either one of them scored points, right? Uh, yeah, they scored points this week. I think they had one car in points this week. They got four points overall. So yeah, they would have had, had to. They would have had to been like ninth because yeah. uh, Magnuson was tenth. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, good on them for scoring points. As long as they, you know, that's the thing. Score points every week. Good things happen. It's one of the cars is scoring points every week. And then Haas. Uh, so I had a thing about Hulkenberg. You know, Hulkenberg's had this like honeymoon period he's like welcome back to f1 and i think he needs to put that to bed and i think he needs to i think him and kevin need to just go at it him and k mag yeah uh because their rivalry caused a lot of great racing in 18 and 19 and and i think if those two do that without wrecking each other i think we'll see the host team get better now um i don't think they're going to jump up to the crazy midfield rates but no i mean They'll be up there a little bit. K-Mag and Yuki's battle, though, was the, that coming into the turn when they both locked the oh, brakes right there at the end? That's as good as it gets. That's as good as racing gets right there. Yeah, um, and I was surprised that the broadcast actually went to them and because I was really ticked off with the broadcast this weekend. They just kept showing Max and Checo, Max and Checo. I'm like, this is the boring, most boring part yeah. of the race. Show the fun part. Show the show middle the part. Show the fun part. Yeah. You know, show, show Yuki and... Um, K Mag just going at it, and they did for a lap, but that was about it. And I know this is not racing, racing, but it is because I've done it virtually. I thought it was a lot of fun watching George Russell know that there was a penalty or think there might still be a penalty and trying to stay in that five seconds. Yeah, you know, he said even on his radio, he's like, I'm racing my butt off to stay in this five seconds. He was like at four, eight, four, nine, ended up just right outside of five. And I mean, but just him racing hard to try to just stay in that gap, I thought was pretty cool. Knowing you don't have a car to catch them, but just trying to keep the, the gap the same. I thought that was a lot of fun. They didn't show much of that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What, what I think is funny, though, and I, I don't know, I could be wrong uh, again, but Hulkenberg seemed to race the entire race in front of K-Mag, but K-Mag seems to be a better finisher. You know, I, he just, you know, he comes back and he he gets in the points, you know, and and Hulkenberg doesn't. I, what did they finish last week, 12th and 13th? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was right around there. So are we moving on to Williams? Uh, yeah, do, let's do Williams. Um, 
Logan Sargent, dude, I'm going to let you take this. I, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. This kid is awesome. Um, he is, he's my he's favorite. He's driving right that car. Yeah. And I think he's we fun both, to watch. I think this is one of the few things we're actually in agreement on. I, you know, I'm hoping other teams are looking at him. Um, so, yeah, I think he's great. Um, he has been a lot of fun to watch. I have really enjoyed watching him in two races. It's just been fun to watch him. I mean, like, Maddie, I think Maddie said that he was going to finish dead last. I think that, you know, he, I think everyone expected Maddie or expected Logan Sargent to just look completely overwhelmed. And he hasn't. He's belonged. He's looked good. Uh, the car has been fantastic. I mean, for, for Williams, um, you know, they got some money with the golf sponsorship. And I think, I think there's some positive vibes around that team right now. And I think Logan Sargent is bringing a lot of um, good energy and new news to that team. And I think people, especially here in the States, if he can run, we got Miami in a, know, about a month, something like that. I think if he can run well there in front of his home fans, and show just show out a little bit it's a good race i feel like this already exploding sport in the united states is going to get bigger because now everybody in the states is going to see that we have a driver to cheer for um alex albin you know he's he's become a seasoned vet it's kind of weird um i don't know i can't remember where he finished that's where i need jay at to see where he finished i don't remember i know it wasn't in the points um but he's raced well. The car has raced well. And one of the things Jay put on here is that the car has a lot left to give. I th think we're getting there. I think with the the infusion of money and having more wind testing time. Sorry, we're talking about the Williams car being yeah. maybe better than, than they maybe better than they expected it to be. And I think, like I said, with I said earlier, with the golf uh, sponsorship and having an influx of money and having that extra wind time that they got because they finished so far back in the standings that they have a shot to really make some strides here in the middle of the year. Yeah. And, and I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, I know we don't have the, the audio for this one, but you listen to Alex Albin's um, interviews post-race this year versus any year before this. And he sounds like a seasoned driver. And I think he's really coming into his own as a, as a team leader. You know, I hope we don't see any drama between him and Logan because I think they could oh. be a good team. I think uh, they are going to be a good team for a couple of years, but yeah. I do think Logan's going to move. Logan may be the guy that goes. I, I, I see. I don't know the team tie-ins. I know. I know Williams is with Mercedes, but I feel like he may be that guy that maybe takes Lando's spot. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Or even, you know, if Esteban Ocon doesn't work out, may take his spot at Alpine. I don't yeah, think. Go ahead. I was going to say, if we go full Mad Hatter and we do the whole, you know, Leclerc goes to Mercedes and, and Lando goes to Ferrari and Logan Sargent steps up and goes to McLaren, <laughs> I think either one of those would be a good call. Obviously, I'd like to see Logan go to Haas because it's an American team, but I also want to see him be successful. And I don't I want to see what he can do. Yeah. I want to see what he can do. One thing, man, that is kind of. It's kind of bothered me this year. I know this is weird, but you know, before we've had Latifi, we've had yeah. Maza uh, Mazapine, we've yeah. had that driver that just you can tell is not going to be the guy, right? Yeah. This year, we really have twenty legit. I think any one of them, if you put them in Red Bull, could win races. 
I think we yeah, got 20 I mean, of them. You know, Man. Farmer and I were talking about during the, the Grand Prix that there's a lot of guys. And dude, you literally just nailed it because there's a lot of guys right there on the grid right now that you could put in that Red Bull car and they would do just as well. And I'm not trying to take away Absolutely from Max Verstappen's killer instinct. And I'm not trying to take away from the fact that Checo's a miracle worker behind the wheel. I'm just saying Lando in a Red Bull car, is, and I don't like Lando. So this ought to tell you right there. Yeah. Lando in a Red Bull car would be dangerous. It's winning races. Yes. Uh, um, George Russell. You, I also yeah. don't like George Russell. George Absolutely. Russell in a, in a Red Bull, freaking nailing it. So, and that's something we couldn't say two years ago because if you put Latifi yeah. in a Red Bull car, he's going to wreck it. If you put Mazepin <laughs> in a Red Bull car, a taxi cab, and he's going to yeah. wreck it. So. You put Mazepin in a Red Bull car, he's yeah. just not going to get lapped. He's going to get lapped. He's not going to get lapped. Yuki, two years ago in any car, he was going to wreck it, but he's going to wreck it. I think Yuki. I think Yuki. I like Yuki, dude. I'm I do sorry. Too. I just, I, I just love... wish he was in a better car. I loved how mad he was when when K Mag passed him. That passion yeah. and fire, I love that. Yeah. Uh, Let you me know, ask Nick, you a question. Nick DeVries may be the only one that I don't trust to put out there right now, which is crazy yeah. that we he scored points in Williams, and he was the salt. We thought he was going to be the next big, and he has just not been good. Anyway, sorry. Dude, ask me a question. I, he's irrelevant. I literally put that he's irrelevant. <laughs> but you know, uh, Yuki. You don't see people that have the fight. He's been 11th in two races. I used 11th with two fingers. He's he's been 11th in two races. And you know Franz Toast is doing the whole, Yuki, we need you in the points. And he's right there. And you know, I don't think Yuki is smart enough right (laughs) now. And I don't mean smart enough. I mean wise enough to go. I don't mean smart enough. I mean wise enough to go to Franz and go, hey, man. You need to give me the car that can get me there. Yeah. If Max Verstappen was driving an Alpha Tauri, by the way, and he has before when it was Toro Rosso, Verstappen would go to Franz and go, hey, man, I did everything I could out there. Yuki's not going to do that. They can beat on Yuki, and I hate it that they can do that to him. And yeah, I they, hate it that he hasn't stepped forward. Because, hey, I did what I could. You need to give me a car. Yeah, I, I so, would like to see. I mean, I think that would be a fun, a fun game to play. Is to put each one of these drivers in a, in a Red Bull car and let them run time trial laps and see where they shake out. Talk about a fun yeah, game absolutely. to watch. I'd watch that. Um, uh, moving on but, to McLaren. But man, let's move oh, on. Oh, sorry. Not, yeah, let's. I, I put in here that uh, they were abysmal, and I then care. I decided to go full Charles Barkley, and so they were. They're just terrible knuckleheads out there on the court. They're terrible. Uh, they were. They were. They're terrible. It was. It was awful. It was. Couldn't happen to a better group of people. And I mean, awful. <laughs> they are my least so, favorite. I mean, I said it every. I can't stand Zach Brown. I can't stand McLaren. Um, I don't like any of them. I, I like Lando so and Piastri's story, probably a good dude, but. Funny story. Uh, McLaren went through a organizational shakeup this week. Uh, technically, oh, yeah. James Key was fired, uh, and they hired five people to take his place. So oh. four of them are are going to be in charge of different aspects of technical direction. And here's my favorite part. And and I've got some tenfold hat stuff, Chad. I'm just gonna I'm gonna preface this. Shock. Right. But I think you you're a tenfold J. 
You are ten full J. Yeah. So, which is weird because I'm not really known for that among my, my my friends and and um, they hired a COO, which before Zach Brown was doing the whole job, CEO, COO, CFO, all of it. Okay. I think they I think they met with this is here's the tenfold hat part, and I could be completely wrong. I think they met with Zach Brown and said, "Hey, man." Um, James Key's got to go, and uh, if you want to stay, then we're we're taking COO off of your plate. Okay. And no. I don't know how you feel about that. I know Farmer right now, if he's watching this, is probably like going, yeah. but uh, um, I really feel okay. like they took it off his plate so he could focus more on driving the train in Formula One. Well, you know what? He needs to focus on driving the train because that thing is off the tracks at this point. They need to make. I don't. I, I don't said, care what man, he was doing. I walked right into that. I set you right up for that one. <laughs> yeah, they need somebody driving the train because the conductor's blind yeah. and asleep at the wheel. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't. I couldn't care less about McLaren. I, I'm sorry, McLaren fans out there, but I I just don't care. I mean, they they're terrible. They're going to be terrible all year long. I hope they finish dead last, and I hope everybody gets fired. <laughs> all right a, so that was a, a terrible Saudi Arabian, that, was, we're already at an hour and that was just the saudi arabian grand prix um let's rouse some rabbles real quick chad you got 10 seconds to respond to these statements okay. i'm not going to respond at all okay uh max v checo v joss v helmet v red bull um max and checo need to tone out or tune out everybody else and just go do their jobs okay Leclerc clearly not happy with team. Is he thinking about leaving? Yes, he will not be at Ferrari two years from now. When do other teams start looking at Logan Sargent? Immediately, summer break. Summer break. I think summer break. There will. St- I don't think there's going to be. Any, I don't, he's not going anywhere. But I think yeah. summer break there will start being chatter about. I think the the, the question above this one, Leclerc clearly not happy. I think that one is going to hit pretty quick. I think, well, it's already starting to hit. I mean, it's already starting to hit. But we're hearing the rumors. And but listen, where there's smoke, there's fire. Somebody is put, somebody's floating something out there. Somebody on the Claire's team is, is floating something somewhere. Um, yeah. Because he's clearly not happy. And he is wasting his prime years with a car yeah. that we're just now trying to finish sixth and seventh with. Um, yeah. In other news, I, I absolutely agree with Chad. And I know that's weird. That's weird. Uh, but yeah, I think, um, I think pretty quickly Logan Sargent, I think has turned some heads, not because he's done anything great, but just because he looks like he belongs, you know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't look overwhelmed. He doesn't look in over his head. He doesn't look like he's swimming in the deep end of the pool. He just, he looks like he belongs. And I I think those guys are going to recognize that pretty quick. And they also, he, he kind of brings kind of like Checo brings Mexico. Logan Sargent's about to bring the United States. And I said it while you were while you were out for just a second that if he performs well at Miami, we have a good race, and he performs well at Miami, I think you're going to get an influx of fans because holy crap, yeah. I didn't realize that I'm going I'm watching it because it's in Miami, but man, I didn't realize that Logan Sargent we got we have a U.S. driver, and yeah. well, I'll watch for him, you know, and we're I think we're already in an explosion of the sports popularity, but I think it's about to get if he continues, I think it's about to ramp up which is a good thing for the sport. Um, it's always a good thing. There is no gatekeeping here. We want as many fans in as we can get, right? Absolutely, so, man. 
but, but and I, I think they're going to see that not only is he competent in a car, but he also is going to bring some money with him. Yeah, and Chad, since you're talking about Mexico, dude, let's get off the tarmac and let's crawl sure. into the dirt with uh, WRC Mexico. Thanks for the segue. That was brilliant. I nailed uh, it. That was not planned. At all. Uh, so, <laughs> at all. So we have World Rally Championships in Mexico. Folks, I'm still going to beat this dead horse until I get some more people involved in rally because this is a great sport. Um, Mikey, if you're listening, Esapeca Lapi. So I watched the entire shakedown. It was like 40 minutes this weekend. So, Chad, you know in the shakedown, everybody just does like a 1.5 to 2 kilometer yep. uh, portion of a stage just to get uh, just to get acclimated to the track service. Yeah. Uh, Lobby killed it in, in the shakedown. And I was like, really? What? Because I didn't think he was going to be the guy. And then he completely dominated Friday. And he completely dominated Saturday until late morning when um, he got a little squirrely. <laughs> I just not read the rundown. He just not read the rundown. Great. <laughs> so he got a little squirrely and uh, he spun into an embankment and knocked over a telephone pole, which then <laughs> fell on his car. It's fantastic. Bye-bye, Esapekala. Uh, only in World Rally Championship. Rally in the bag. Lost it completely. So he was oh, out. That's so, terrible. That's a terrible. You know, last movie. year and even going into this season on the fuel pod, I've always said that I thought this was Sebastian Auger's swan song. Yes. Uh, but dude, I'm I'm starting to think he's fighting for a championship. And well, that's I awesome. He, I think he might get it. One of the uh, sebs. So he just won his seventh, which was record setting. Just won his seventh. Um, WRC Mexico, uh, which I guess passes Loeb, so he's going to be the better of the Seb by the end of this season. Um, and, dude, it just – I've never been more delighted about being mistaken than, than Seb Auger winning, winning rallies. I still am a little bit upset about Cali Rovampera is the youngest guy to ever win the world championship, and then this year he seems to be consistent fourth. Um that's weird. So, I don't know how what your thoughts are on that, but here we are. It was a weird rally. It was dirt. It was nasty. Uh, Takamoto Katsuda for the one of the third team uh, Toyota Gazoo racing guys. He actually just went right off the side of an embankment and just landed flat and smashed the car. So he was done. Uh, I hope they weren't counting him as far as the championship oh. goes. Terry Neuville, who is, you know, he's a top four rally driver period uh, he took second from my guy elvin evans evans was doing great uh, and terry newville just had an excellent last one of his last stages on sunday elvin evans did have a chance to take him back and he had him until the last three turns oh. and evans he overextended on one of those three turns and he lost That's enough 20, huh? he lost 0.3 seconds and it was enough for, for Newville to retain second place and get on the podium. But in to relate this to our F1, uh, our boy Cyril Abitabu, who used to be the chief principal, yeah. team principal for Renault F1, who's now at Toyota Gazoo, had a really good weekend, man. He had two drivers um, in the top three. So he's doing well, even though he lost uh, Takamoto. Uh, he still did very well this weekend. But, you know, 
hearts out to S. Pacalapi. His interview was horrible afterward. He's like, uh, can you imagine? He's like, uh, I hit a telephone pole. It smashed the car. It was totally my fault. Okay. Congratulations, Great man. Time. So Great anyway, job. that was the rally there. Uh, we also had another huge race in endurance this weekend. This was the the season opener for the World Endurance Championship at Sebring in Florida. It's a thousand miles. It's a long with, time. I think it was something like 248 laps at Sebring, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Ferrari debuted their hypercar for the first time in 50 so, years. Was, I got a question real quick. This is a thousand miles. So this was not a miles. time. This was not a time 12 hours or whatever. No. This is first no. person to a thousand well, miles. Well, weird story. Uh, IMSA, <laughs> another series, which we're not, actually, we just don't have the time to go over it tonight. Their race was this weekend, and it was the 12 hours at Sebring. Okay. All right. But those well, when you like put that GT3 on here, I thought you were just saying that. I didn't yeah. realize that was actually the race. It was a thousand. It's the first to a thousand miles. Yeah, thousand miles at Sebring. Uh, Ferrari was on the pole with their debut car, well, their first were. car in fifty years. Wow! And they were on the pole. So for me, that was a success. Um, unfortunately, the number two and three cars on the grid were the Toyota Gazoo number seven and number eight. Which I don't know if you remember this, but dude, those cars, those that seven and eight car from Gazoo have been dominating. Fernando Alonso won twenty four at Le Mans in that car, in the number seven car. Uh, nobody's beating that car. They ended up winning the race. Yeah. Uh, Ferrari, <laughs> I was absolutely puzzled by Ferrari's pit strategy on the first pit, but then well, I there's thinking, a shocker. Duh, Ferrari. <laughs> pit strategy. Yeah. Duh. Anyway, uh, the. This was a multi-class race uh, in the GTM category. The Iron Dames started on the pole, but, man, they had a rough day. I felt sorry for the girls. They lost their rear bumper at oh, some geez. point during the race. And, I mean, you just – anytime you lose a part on a car in an endurance race, it's going to affect good. you over time. doesn't and seem so, like that would be a good thing. Know, plus the Corvette shot yeah, – I was shocked by it because I just didn't think – Corvette was going to be able to overcome the Aston Martins and the Porsche. But, man, they won by, like, they had everybody two laps down. Wow. So, That's crazy. Uh, it was kind of a shocker. But, you know, here we are. So, buddy, listen, with that being said, I am ready to move into podiums and back markers. If you want to get that prime shrimp going. Yeah. So I, I had some prime shrimp tonight. Oh, I did, too. That's funny. I had the New Orleans barbecue. Weird. Uh, which one do you have? Uh, the... Oh my God, dude! It was the new one. <laughs> it was good, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like so, I made mine. Uh, and this is our ad. Right? I'm like, it was the new one. Here's our ad read, right? <laughs> this is just real quickly. Prime yeah. Shrimp is uh, it's good. They're, they're our podiums of backmarker sponsor. PrimeShrimp.com. Use code word FuelPod twenty five percent off your first order. But I yep. just want to talk about it for just a second. Like, so I took a couple of some zero carb tortillas, laid the the uh, the shrimp on it, and then a little bit of lettuce, a little bit of mayo, and then I dipped. Almost like an au jus in the uh, barbecue sauce. Ooh. Fantastic. And it was, Homemade you know, oh my, no, 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 no. Just the, the sauce off the shrimp. Oh, okay. And, and it was fantastic, man. So, and, and for me, I'm a carb guy. So, I only, uh, only six, um, only six net carbs for the entire thing. So, I like that. Um, anyway, all right. So, primeshrimp.com, code word fuel pod. Go get you some shrimp. The, the barbecue is fantastic. It may be my new favorite. Tonight was my first time to try it. I think it's my new favorite. And who wants to go first here, Jay? Did you make a slideshow yeah, tonight? Or you want to go first? Uh, or did you make I a did not. You, okay. you, 
You did no. You put yours in first this week. I was shocked. So oh, you go ahead. So mine will be really quick. There's no point in dwelling and, on this forever. Hey, do your whole thing. Let's do the whole thing. Do your podium and your back markers. Okay. Well, let me get the music going. We gotta have music. We've been doing this for 43 episodes. Okay. We gotta have the music. Um, all right, okay. there it is. Okay. So my podium, Red Bull. They're just strong. I mean, there's, there's, they're gonna be on the podium every week. I have a feeling. Um, number two was Fernando. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, two weeks in a row or two races in a row. I'm really happy for him and his team and, and Aston Martin. And then three was K Mag slash Sergeant. Uh, K Mag that last lap or the last whatever it was, getting the yeah. tenth place. And Logan Sargent again, just oh. he just belongs, man. He belongs. Okay, do you want me to do my back markers or just leave the podium? No, I'll do or? my podium, man. That's okay. fine. I, I see what you're doing here. I, I smell what you're stepping in. Yeah. Uh, so my podium thing. number three. So I decided to do three podium places from three different series because I'm a fan of multiple racing series. So my third one was the Ferrari Hypercar de- debut. I don't think they could expect to win it, but they debuted the car. They took the pole and they finished on the podium. I don't think you can ask for better than that from a debut car. Uh, my number two is the old man, Sebastian OJ, just still kicking it. He's saying, hey, you might have won the champ last year. I'm, I'm coming for you this year in, in World Rally Mexico. And number one, Fernando Alonso. Because awesome. we share a birthday and he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right, my back markers, number three, McLaren, because who cares? Number two, Ferrari. <sighs> I just don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not as happy with them as you guys are, I guess. And number one, the FIA, because why do you wait 32 laps and a podium and a celebration and a national anthems and like six national anthems and then everything else and everybody pops champagnes and then you decide there's a 10 second penalty and then you go back on it anyway. So I thought that was dumb. FIA, you're my nice. chief back marker. All right. FIA should always be a back marker. Anyway, For sure. my back markers. Number three is the guy on the Ferrari pit wall that always looks like he's about to jump off the nearest bridge. Yes, I'm talking to you, Laurent Mekis. Uh, he's the guy that sits to the left of Fred now. Um, he always looks like he's got his hand on his head. He's like, what do I do? Uh, but you got to figure it out. You're working for Ferrari. You've got me way into this. Out. It's fantastic. Uh, number two is Josh Verstappen. Dude, set in the grandstands. Watch your son come down to the podium or the paddock when he when he wins. All right. Other than that, stay your rear end off the paddock. Number one, Max Verstappen. Uh, and the reason I put him on my back marker list is is not because of anything other than, um, buddy. Listen, it's okay if your teammate wins every now and then. Um, and I get it. I understand where you're coming from, but dude, seriously, you got to win graciously. That's the one thing you have left to learn. The one thing that's separating you from joining the Ayrton Senna's of the world, the Michael Schumacher's of the world, the Lewis Hamilton's of the world. You got to win graciously, and he does not. No, he does not. So, anyway, that's where I'm at. Um, Jay, we're already running way over, so yeah. I'm just going to go ahead. But here's the deal. I took the time this week, and, and for the NASCAR minute, it's going to be one minute, one minute and three seconds. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's going to be quick, and we're going to do something new. It's called NASCAR in the uh, the NASCAR minute with Benny in the streets. It's time for the NASCAR minute. Right now, break it up. 
All right, guys, it's Benny in the streets. Going to give you a rundown of this past weekend's NASCAR race. The Am Better Health 400. Joey Logano, dominant all day long. Started up front, ended up front, led a ton of laps. The Fords were strong all day long. Logano gets a last lap push from Christopher Bell on the back stretch to get by Brad Keselowski by about two-tenths of a second to pull off the win. Keselowski finishes in second. Christopher Bell third. Corey LaJoy, surprise of the day. Uh, career best fourth place finish for him. And then Tyler Reddick rounded out the top five. So exciting day again. The, uh, the Fords were powerful. The Fords were dominant all day long. Uh, looking forward to the street race next week in Austin, and uh, we'll be back to give you a recap of that. Back to you guys. So uh, that's something new. I love how he calls Austin a street race. <laughs> I love how any NASCAR fan calls any non-oval a street race. It's not a street race. It's just a road it's race. A, it's a closed circuit race. But I get it, dude. He did a great job, man. He, he did. And it's something he's uh, he's passionate about. He loves NASCAR. He was actually on a work trip, and I texted, and I was like, hey, man, what do you think about doing this on 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 the show? And he was like, I'm watching the race right now, actually. Um, so anyway, pretty cool. And Eric, I don't know when Dude, we're doing the ticket drawing. That is up to the radio. Head conspiracy theorist? What the I did that like 30 heck? minutes ago, but cool. Um, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> if you text the word fueled 800-786-5489. I, Eric, I don't know when they're doing the drawing. Um, it's part of the pain radio group family. And, you know, all of their shows are doing that at all times. So I don't know exactly when it is. Uh, I know the race is coming up in, what, two weeks? Yeah. And two he has weeks, a very man. good chance of winning because I don't know how many people have actually put in for it. I have no idea. No yeah. clue. That's yeah. not part of uh, that's not part of our role here as, uh, as, as a show on the pain media, re, uh, pain yeah. media group, um, flagship, family, whatever we are here. Okay. FuelPod News. This is something you wanted to get to today because we haven't got yeah, a chance to talk about it. News, 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 and news, and I'll make it news. quick. Um, obviously, big news out of the paddock this week on F1: Lewis Hamilton and Angela Collin call it splits. Uh, if you're not familiar, she was his physio for his entire championship run. Uh, always visible. If you've watched Drive to Survive and seen the little blonde lady running like a madman in the paddock, that's Angela Collin. Uh, he said she's, I think she's, she's the one. She she got pushed in the water when he got a podium last year. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She's you know, she's married. She's got like two or three kids, and he said she's moving on to do some things with her life, and who knows? Uh, but I wish her the best because we're gonna miss her. Uh she was always had a smile on her face. That's one absolutely. thing I, I'll always remember. And sure. uh so good luck, Angela, and whatever future endeavors you've got. And and Lewis, buddy, you can you can lick this and, and get past it and get somebody else to move on. Uh, Haas Automation is under sanctions. Uh, so this, this is a kind of breaking. This is kind of breaking news too. It's kind of hitting right now. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with, you know, you know the Haas F1 team, but the the company behind the sponsorship, Gene Haas's Haas Automation, um, they produce CNC machined parts for companies. One of the companies they did it for was this. I think it's Aramet or something like that, which is a russian defense contractor that produces weapons so the issue is that they've been called to question by ukraine because they shipped parts to this russian company after their invasion of ukraine uh which goes against u.s sanctions on on russia 
Haas's position is that they shipped those parts before the sanctions were set. So we need to watch this closely, Chad, over the next couple of weeks because this yeah. could go this could be a big deal. Sideways. Yeah. As of right now, the United States has not weighed in on this. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, we, who knows what's going to happen when they do weigh in on it? Maybe that's um, yeah. to, to to go with number uh, letter E down here. That might be his uh, Michael Andretti's entry into F one when they dissolve yeah, Haas, you know, Haas Motorsports. Anyway, the other piece is Chad and I started playing. You know, as much as I love Formula One, as much as I love European racing, my heart will always be in the dirt. And we started playing, uh, and we had an absolutely wonderful, and Chad's the only one that streamed it. I screwed up and didn't stream it. But we started playing World of Outlaws, courtesy of the Fuel Pod. Um, it was It's brilliant dirt track, your local, local dirt track racing style of racing. So you got sprint cars, you've got late models and eco mods and all that stuff. And it's a lot of fun. Really good time. I guess it has bar none, and I haven't even told Chad this shit, but in bar yeah. none, the most complete career mode of any other sim racer I've ever played. Really? As far as what you can do. Being able to hire all your positions on your team and you can hire other drivers to drive for series that you don't want to drive in. It's really cool. So give it a look. And uh, check it out. Uh, next up, actor Gabriel Leone is going to be playing Ayrton Senna in a uh, in a Netflix original uh, film. Uh, of course, Ayrton Senna, he's one of the holy trinity with with Fangio and and Schumacher and Senna. Uh, of course, he died tragically in a in a horrible trackside accident. Uh, but uh, good luck to you, Gabriel, for for playing him in this biopic. And I look forward to watching it. And last but not least, Michael Andretti was denied an F1 expansion team. And, of course, the rumors are flying, and these are merely rumors, and I need to say this over and over. Uh, but there's rumors that he's going to make a bid on Alpha Tauri. So, uh, anyway, I don't know how yeah. you feel about that, Chad. But- well, that's what I was saying just now. Is, you know, if maybe the Alpha Tauri thing doesn't work out, he maybe, maybe that Haas team, you know, who knows if they're going to get in trouble, who knows what's going to happen there, but that may be an easy entryway into the sport. And my dog's barking again. If you can hear him in the there background, I apologize. Who let the all dogs right. in? I don't know. <laughs> Good grief. So anyway, um, man, that's that's all I've got. That that ties us up. All right, man. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next Thursday, 9 p.m. Central. Yes, we will. Bye, Jay. Bye, Chad. <laughs>